Beautiful. We was on mute. Good Tuesday evening to you. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. Tuesday night flight. Uh, sitting in solo for now. For now. Uh, the Midnight Rider will be in shortly. And we'll get into all of this. Nothing real heavy. Just some things, some thoughts is on the mind. Uh, first off, I didn't get a chance to get to this on Sunday. So I want to get to it now. Um, there's a petition going around. saying says it has 25,000 signatures to change the commander's name back to the Redskins. And I, I get the sentiment. I get all of it. I get it that, you know, you want the nostalgia. You want everything to, to, to go back to the way it once was. To say in part, I got beef. Here's why I have beef. We are in a different realm. Now, a lot of people outside of the D.C. area don't feel that uh, the name Redskins is offensive. A lot of people in the D.C. area don't feel it's offensive. I never felt it was offensive. And I remember when they did the straw polls and all that and, you know, get everybody together and we're going to talk about this and we're going to do all of this, right? Well, it came down to Pikes offensive, okay? Everybody thinking, well, I'm not going to support the team because of the name. I can understand you're not supporting the team because of Daniel Snyder. I've heard people say, I'm not giving my money to this team until Snyder's gone. Snyder's gone. So, I mean, come on back home. But to say you're not going to support the team because of a name change. Now, don't get me wrong. Football team had to grow on me as well as commanders had to grow. on me. One of the reasons that I'm in big support of keeping the commander's name. We got a rallying cry and I, 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 I don't want to lose that, that momentum, that feeling being able to go anywhere in the country and say left hand up and somebody going to out, shout out, who are we? Commanders. Like that right there. That alone. That right there. We got a rallying cry, man. We got an identity. Not saying that we didn't have an identity. We didn't have an identity as football team. I used to call us the area start of area start of the NFL because we were a team that had no name. And, you know, if, for those that don't get that, that's a, a, a Game of Thrones reference. A girl has no name. And what did she do? She wound up saving the day anyway. So, but as Redskins, yes, we had an identity. Five-time world champions. Uh, countless playoff victories and Super Bowl memories and things like that. Right. And I, I kind of feel like we, we should build something new 
with this commanders thing. Like every it's oh, it's such overwhelming. Of course, you're gonna have overwhelming support to change the name back to Redskins. However, you got to think about what comes along with that territory. You know, it's gonna be the protests, the marches, all of that. Do we really want to go back down that road? See, that's the part nobody's talking about. That's the part nobody's talking about. The Native Americans that were offended by the name Redskins. It's like you're saying, you know, well, it's not offensive, so we're going to use it anyway. That's basically what you're saying. You're basically slapping them in the face. Now, it may not be offensive to us, but it's offensive to them. Okay, let's 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 play the respect role and say, all right, if you find that offensive, I got you. You know, how, how would you like, no matter what your race is, how would you like if somebody use a derogatory term for whatever your race is as a sports team name? You say it offends you, but you got a whole fan base like it's not offensive. We're going to use it anyway. We're going to see we, we, we doing too much right now. Let's get through the sale of this team. Let's get through training camp preseason. Let's get through a season under new ownership. Where things are already looking brighter, let's get through that before we start trying to go back and say, all right, well, we're going to rename the team the Redskins. Let's not. Let's leave that alone right now. We got too many pots on the stove cooking, and something's going to boil over, something's going to burn. This is not even an issue, but so many people are making it an issue. And that's your opinion. I get it. However, let it go. For right now, just let it go. Put it, take it off the stove. Let's talk about building a winner. Let's talk about getting back to our winning ways before we talk about getting back to the Redskins name. Okay? Just my thoughts. Opening the show. Sitting in solo. Tuesday night flight. Presented by the Sideline Junkies. So, uh, First up, I just wanted to address this. And I'll get the midnight ride. If I have to loop back, I'll, I'll give him a chance to get in on this as well. Uh, Mark Jackson has been released, per se, fired, if you will, by ESPN. So now that's Van Gundy. That's Mark Jackson. Who sits in with, with Mike Breen now? And they've become one of the top if not the top three-man boost in the NBA. Like, how do you break that up? How, how do you, who makes that decision and says, you know what? Ratings were high. You know, people watch these broadcasts, but they weren't high enough. Let's shake this up. Let's fire Van Gundy. Okay, let's fire Mark Jackson. What? I, I sent the Midnight Rider a text the other day, and I was asking him if he remember uh, Matt Gukas. Matt Gukas, Marv Albert, and Steve Snapper Jones. I didn't think that an NBA game could be called any better than them three right there. And then they were bringing Fratello as well. Fratello will work sometimes too, but Snapper and Albert, I never thought it could get any better. Mark Jackson's his 
his his his eye for the game. Mike Breen with the bang. Jeff Van Gundy with his eye for the game. You got two former coaches and a great play-by-play man right there. Why break that up? You know, hand down, man down. Mom, there goes that man. Like, it writes itself. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Doris Burke. I love Doris Burke. I love Doris Burke to infinity. I do. I would. I love to hear her on the sidelines. I love to hear her on the call as well, doing color. Would I take her over Van Gundy or Mark Jackson? No. I would love. I love to have her with them. But I can't, I'm not going to put her over them. But I don't know what ESPN is doing. I really don't. It's it's starting to scare me, you know, because a lot of our favorites are being let go. And it, it's, <sighs> for, the, for the lack of a better, for lack of a better term, it, it, it's baffling why you would break up probably one of the best three-man boosts in the NBA on TV. So, I mean, if we went on radio, Kevin Harlan, I think Kevin Harlan, Hubie Brown, and, hell, you can stick anybody with him, but Kevin Harlan and Hubie Brown, you know, Kevin Harlan on the call, that's something totally different. That's a, a different thing for me. So, moving right along, we'll jump back to this when the Midnight Rider joins. But uh, question of the night, what tarnishes a legacy? Now, I ask this question because there's always talk about Kobe's legacy, LeBron, MJ, Bird, Magic, Kareem, Wilt, Russell, all the greats talk about talk about their legacy, right? And it doesn't matter. It, we, I'm just saying NBA. Now, if we get in the NFL, you talk about Jerry Rice. We've talked about Namath on this show. You talk about Montana, Brady, uh, Randy Moss, uh, hockey. You talk about Gordy Howe, Ovechkin, Crosby, uh, Gretzky, you know, Steve Connor Walchuk, if you want. Baseball, we talk about Jeter, Babe Ruth. Uh, we were talking about Nolan Ryan uh, off air a couple days ago. You know, so you talk about all these greats, and everybody I named is a great. So I asked what tarnishes a legacy because everybody brings up certain things when you talk legacy. And when they talk legacy, it's always, well, LeBron's not this high on my list because he did this. And Dr. J gave out his, uh, I believe it was, it was his top 10. And LeBron wasn't and He said LeBron ring chase, so he had him at 15 behind Scottie Pippen. Now, granted, that's the great doctor's own opinion, right? I wonder, I wonder what tarnished, well, he already said what tarnished LeBron's legacy, but when other people are talking, 
what tarnishes the legacy of these greats that you don't see them where everybody else ranks them? That's, how I, that's the question. What tarnishes a legacy? And right now, before we go any further, joined by the esteemed, the war-laden, the home-from-work guy. I'm sure he has a red cup sitting in front of him. It's not red. It's purple, pink, blue, green, all clear. And it's got a little something-something in it. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest Whitney Houston fan of all time. Here we go. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> with somebody that loves me, baby. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good, man. They tried to get the butter from the duck today, baby. I bet they did. Hey, I, I made it home before you from Ocean City. That's <laughs> that says something. Uh, question of the night is, what tarnishes a legacy? And talking about Dr. J saying that he had LeBron ranked 15 because he was ring because he was a ring chaser. Okay. Why do everybody else have like when you talk top five, everybody's going to have a different top five, whether it's a different order, whether it's different people. Everybody has, if you talk top three point guards all time, everybody has, well, mostly everybody has Steph Curry in their top three. I do not. Not because something's wrong with Steph or I don't like him. I got three point guards that are better than Steph. And that's Magic, Stockton, and Isaiah Thomas. Zeke, that Isaiah Thomas, not sure Isaiah Thomas. But oh, not, not talking about Webster. No. But you, you talk about the GOAT debate. I heard Gilbert Arena say, well, LeBron ain't even passed Kobe. But people don't even mention Kobe. They now, now that Kobe's passed on, his legacy has taken a step up in some circles. But before that, what was it that tarnished his legacy that made people not like him and not mention him in the all-time great category? Well, it was easy. It was Colorado. But the way he so it like, went so it went Colorado. And then, if you remember that, the game that he calls Barkley after he commentates on the game and calls him selfish, that's like game five against Phoenix um, where he doesn't take a shot in the fourth quarter. And I think that's when the Kobe is selfish narrative started running. So I'm glad you asked this question because I was in the car. Um, and I remember we was going to talk about this. And I think the biggest key or the biggest factor in somebody's legacy is the narrative. It depends on like your narrative says a whole lot about you and about what's going on. So let's say um, early in LeBron's career, the joke was um, if you gave him a daughter, asked for change, he'd only give you three quarters because he couldn't give you four. Um, you know, the narrative with a player like a Kirk Cousins is, you know, he doesn't win the big game or the, he's not clutch. But he's got to be something. Because he keeps his teams with ten at least at least ten wins, sometimes eleven, and he's always in the playoffs. I'm well, not always in the playoffs because their defense sucks. Mm. So, but 
I mean, again, if you put him on this Washington team the last six years, there's definitely a playoff appearance, if not two. But the narrative is what gets stuck in everybody's head. So, like, some people, the narrative is perfect example. Like, Eddie Jones is one of the best two guards in his era. It's not true. It's not true. But sometimes that's the narrative because he always made the all-star game. But guys like Isaiah Rod and those guys used to say, you know, he got a little love because he wore the purple and gold. Might be the case. But the narrative is the kicker. Now, you said LeBron. I've seen so many people attack LeBron's character. I've seen him attack his play. Oh, well, Jordan never went this, this, and this in the finals. But then you flip it, and what they call them, Bron sexuals? Yeah. They say, well, Jordan never did anything until Pippen got there. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to start with Michael Jordan because this is, this is where I'm going to start. That's why I'm starting it because I want to start there. But you people say, well, you look at Jordan, you think he only has – Six ring, he only played six years. You forget about the Wizards years. You forget about this. You No. You have to watch the evolution of a player. You have to watch it. And, oh, well, they had this person and that person. It was him and Orlando Woolridge in the, in the early years. They wound up trading Woolridge, I think, to the Lakers. Probably so, yeah. You had Sedale 3 for a little bit. Sedale 3 wound up going to Seattle. So he really didn't have the help. So he was trying to do it on his own. But what people don't realize is no coach came in and said, well, Michael, you need to trust your team until Phil Jackson got there. Doug Collins said it himself. Well, what was the play call in that last play? Get Mike the ball and get the fuck out of the way. But that was Doug's whole offense. That was the whole offense. And, the thing is, Tex Winter tried to install the triangle offense because he was an assistant coach on the bench. And if for those that think I'm lying, go read the Jordan rules. And the thing is, in the Jordan rules, they had a problem. MJ had a problem converting over to the 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 the, the, the triangle and what it came to be because he didn't embrace it because he couldn't have the ball in his hands. But when Phil Jackson said, let me move you to point guard. Uh, uh, What was it? 10 out of 11 games, he had a triple-double. And he facilitated, and they won 9 out of the 11. So it was the evolution of a basketball player being able to trust his teammates. It wasn't just those six championships. It's what he went through. He had to go through Boston, who was running the league. He had to, and the, the Bulls weren't that great, but it's a team game. He had to go through Boston. He had to go through the Pistons. It was the Pistons' time. He didn't get a chance to knock off Boston, but he did knock off the Pistons. Then he ascended to the mountaintop and won, uh, did a three-peat. That says a lot. Oh, well, the, the league was soft then. So you're telling me Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, uh, Magic was still in the league for a little bit. You telling me these guys were, were, were plumbers? They were trash? You telling me those 80s Bucks teams that had to fight too, 
but we're something to be afraid of. We're plumbers too. I hate that narrative. And what I'm saying is you try to tarnish his legacy before being young and growing in the league. I seen somebody say, well, at 21, LeBron had already had an all-star selection. MJ didn't have that. Well, MJ went to college. LeBron did not. He was a high school star. Then you get, let's get to LeBron. You talk about tarnishing his legacy because of the finals in 2011, where he, I think he scored eight points. You talk about him moving from team to team. If I was, if you were in that situation, you're carrying Cleveland, you're carrying Cleveland to the, 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 the finals on your back with Delonte West, a mop, a bucket of sour water, a garbage can, Anderson Varejao, and a dumpster. And you take them to the finals, but they don't do anything to build around you. Wouldn't you leave too if you had the opportunity? It ain't that much loyalty in the fucking world. But he gets ripped for the decision. How are you going to tarnish his legacy? Well, let's also think about this. There's a there's a group of reporters, there's a group of people that always want to be the smartest guy in the room. So they always want to find the next thing or they want to be different from everybody else. They want to have a differing opinion. They want to be the person that is that is like if, if something happens, they'll be like, oh, see, I told you I was the only one in the room that had Magnum T.A. as the greatest wrestler in the early 80s. I was the only one. But I mean, no matter how you slice it and dice it, that's it. It's it's like it's the it comes back to where we started this conversation off of with I guess I started off with where it's the mantra, it's the what how they talk about you. Think about Steve Nash and the Dan Tonys. My narrative, Dan Tony can't coach. He coached the regular coach. season. He can't coach. He's coaching the regular season, that's about it. Let me let me ask you this. Mm. When you have somebody like a Chris Benoit, a OJ Simpson, now we know automatically what tarnished both of these gentlemen's uh legacies. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Take it out of sports. R. Kelly. Hell, Gary Glitter, Jerry Lee Lewis. Here we go. Elvis Presley. Like we keep going, (laughs) but can you separate the misdeeds from the career? Are you able to separate the two and say, okay, what he did in his respective role or in his respective career is separate from what he did outside of it, which is uh, pedophilia, child porn, uh, statutory rape, uh, and murdering of a spouse, allegedly. Um, can you separate OJ? Huh? You said allegedly, so that must have been OJ. If you want to go with that, okay. I'm just saying, you said allegedly, so allegedly, yeah, because we still have OJ. I'm gonna ask you a question that my cousin used to ask me all the time when I would say, Yeah, this is facts, this is what happened. Were you there? Mm -mm. I wasn't either, so that's why I say allegedly. I say allegedly just because I like fucking with people. 
I, I say allegedly, I, I say the same thing about Chris Benoit because the thing is, it's too, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into it. But allegedly, can you separate the running back, the wrestler, the singer, the icons from their misdeeds outside of their career bubble? You know, that's a great question. And I know for me personally, there's like, there's certain, like, all right, so let's take R. Kelly. Like, I will still bump R. Kelly. It has nothing to do with what he did, is what he did in terms of my life. Like, there was a stretch where, like, certain CDs, a certain certain CD of his just kind of helped me deal with the emotions of losing a lot of people at the same time. Um, So, you can't tell me I can't listen to R. Kelly, because you don't know my connection to him. My connection has nothing to do with the sex in the songs or anything like that. It's really because, like, this dude was like my, not my therapist, but it was like, it was therapeutic listening to music, and a lot of it was on this one CD. So, yeah, um, I will still bump that one in particular. I might not bump everything else, but I'll bump that one because of the connection. Um, in terms of OJ, I still think he's, the, like, I will always listen to him in my running backs. I mean, I can't hope what he did in the, outside of football. You're asking me to gu- judge a football player on football stuff. And that's how I look at it. I judge you in, in your arena. Were you good? Yes or no? I know what your stigmas are outside of that, but that didn't have a that didn't contribute to that arena that you built. I still think Benoit is one of the greatest technical wrestlers ever, but I also think he's a monster. I can have those two thoughts. Like that's the thing. I think I think our world tries to make everything clear cut. Like if you're either you either like him all the way or you don't like him at all. It's always black or white. And it's crazy you say that. And what's going on, Ross? Glad you could join us tonight. Uh, talking what tarnishes legacies. Uh, it's funny you say that about R. Kelly. Because everybody's like, oh, mute R. Kelly, mute R. Kelly. And I was like, I told somebody on Twitter, I said, if you took every song that R. Kelly's ever performed, written, produced, anything, and took it off of every streaming platform, you know how much of your music is gone? Let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about let's talk about the Rick Springsteen's with his underage song. Let's talk about like all these other artists that had these type of situations where they dated women under the legal age. And I'll say it that way, or I'll say they allegedly did because I wasn't there. Well, but these situations happen, you know. Let's let's. I mean, if we want want to be real, I mean, there's a little girl named Aaliyah. I mean, hey, I'm not gonna say nothing else. I mean, R. Kelly was one, but there was another dude too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so like, let's like let's not see. That's why I think when you talk about this, sometimes it becomes a popularity contest, or because. If you like that person, you'll make a way for that person to still be okay in your eyes. Yeah, because if you don't, then you'll re- you'll redirect the narrative to where you're comfortable. If if you look at it, I, I go back to OJ in '94. I was a big OJ fan because of the Naked Gun series. 
that's why I was an OJ fan. My cousin was a Buffalo Bills fan because he was four years old, and I seen OJ Simpson run. No, he said he was younger than that. He said he was. It was right before OJ left Buffalo. He said I seen OJ Simpson run, and I, I was just like, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. And he was like, I'm. He he, he actually stopped liking the Bills after the the whole uh, double murder. And I, I said, you know why? I said OJ didn't do it. Well, you don't know that, and I said okay. But even after that, I remember they wanted to take his bust out of the Hall of Fame. They wanted him removed from the Hall of Fame. And then in the civil trial, they took his Heisman Trophy. They took all this other stuff from him. And I was like, well, really and, truth, and truthfully, taking personal possessions is one thing. But taking trophies that mean nothing, you can't get money for. But then they auctioned it off and got like a couple hundred thousand for it. And I was like, yeah. I, I get it, but this is these are things that can't be replaced. Well, that's because they were trying, they were trying to break his will at that point. It became more about breaking him, the person, because they were coming from a broken place because their daughter was dead and he was the only person they they could get to answer for her, her death. So they just was coming back to take everything they could from him because they felt like he he took. They're everything from now. Agreed. I'm going to take it back a little further. Some people call Elvis Presley the king of rock and roll. For me, it's Little Richard. Now, Elvis Presley is said to have met uh, Priscilla Presley when she was 12 and he was 25. So he, quote unquote, groomed her into what he wanted whether it was sex involved or not, but nobody talks about that. Now, separate that from me hearing Suspicious Minds. I love that song. I love Suspicious Minds. Elvis had some great songs. Was he uh, uh, was he wrong for what he did? Yeah, he was. But you have, if you separate the two, but nobody, you, you, you can't tarnish his musical legacy for what he did outside, is what I'm saying. Because right. usually, R. Kelly's a genius. Elvis, genius. They're, these are geniuses we're talking about. Michael Jackson, effing genius. But with all the allegations when that... When you say stuff like that, that's why I like you. When you say stuff like that, <laughs> Michael Jackson's a genius. Yes, he is. How many people you know, and this is a story from Magic Johnson and, and, and uh, Isaiah Thomas. He said, no, no, no. It's not supposed to sound like that. It's supposed to sound like this. And he could imitate any instrument and said, this is how I want you to sound. How many people you know can do that? Hey, man, I, I keep telling people all the time, one of the greatest artists ever to walk this earth is Michael Jackson. True he took indeed. Smokey Robinson's song and made it the Jackson 5 song. True indeed. Whenever you go back to it, you go back, you like, oh, yeah, Michael Jackson sing that. It was like, nah, Smokey sung that first. What? Yeah. Nah. But I mean, that's, a, that's another, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> whole nother show. We, we we might have to pick up on that sometime. Oh, then, oh. Then, he, then he gave you Off the Wall. Then he gave you Thriller. God, just, just, then he gave you Invincible. Man, I'm stuck. I'm, 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 I'm going to say something. And this gets a lot of hate when I say it. Thriller's a great album, but I always think Off the Wall was better. 
That's because you are a gentleman and a scholar. That is all you are. You are a bright young. You know what? What's what's mama name again? My father's name is Dolores. Yeah, Dolores done raised a smart little boy. Well, I tell you, well, she done raised you right. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I mean, that's just me. That that's me. But bringing it back to sports, it seems like people try to find the smallest things to tarnish one's legacy. But it's because I think it's also back to that fact. Like, think about those MVP years with a guy like Shaq, a guy like Kobe, and like Steve Nash wins the MVP. Um, years with Magic, I mean, with Michael was, was the most dominant player in the league, but somehow, like, they give a, a MVP to Barkley. You know, they, they they end up having to take care of guys because they build this narrative. And B's um, MVP last year, they built the platform to make him, to get him the MVP for us, essentially. That's true. Like they, questioned, they questioned it, and then all of a sudden, the last two months, it became a campaign. It became a thing that on every sports show, they talked about Embiid as the MVP. And he wasn't in the conversation at first. So now we end up bringing this campaign along to make this happen. But you know what's crazy? If you look at the MVP races of all time, some MVP races you like, well, how did so-and-so win the MVP? Yeah. You already know where I'm going with it. You know what I'm talking about. I know. Go ahead and put the graphic up, man. Go ahead. And now you want to put the, but see, yeah, here's the ahead. thing. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the late, great Bill Russell. There it is. Here you go. Every time we talk about MVPs, <laughs> 1962 MVP comes up. <laughs> However, Oscar had a triple double. He had 30, 12, and 11. Why can't we talk about MVPs without this coming up every time? Because it's this is one of the greatest MVP races of all time. You you gotta you gotta give it to him. There's not what's what's second? Second? I just I just I just I, I, I just get tired of every time we talk about the MVP. Ninth, you gotta pull 1962. I'm sorry. That's the greatest MVP race of all time in the NBA. Oh man! And if you want to say what second, I, I think you would have to go with you, possibly ninety three. Okay, where Barkley won. Okay, but I, I thought Barkley winning in ninety three was justified. Okay, not because. But, but I say that because, like, we have this society where we get tired of seeing the same teams win, the same yeah. people win. You get burned out. Like you have to. They almost like. Uh, force feed or um, what's the word I'm on looking for? Like it's shoehorn. They almost want to shoehorn in um, somebody else. Mm. And so, like everybody, is- think about the NCAA tournament. Everybody loves the NCAA the first two weeks of the tournament. Let that final four be like it was last year. Eh, them TVs ain't turning on like they used to. They still uh-huh. people deep down the side still want to see Carolina, Kansas, Duke, and those teams. They want to see the fun to get to it, but, but at the end, they still want to end up with, with the blue bloods. Like yeah. they fool themselves until it gets time to watch turn the TV on. Agreed. And but here's the problem. 
it gets stale after a while. When you see, like, I stopped watching the finals religiously. You know, seeing LeBron and what? What we? What he went through? Nine H nine straight finals. Hold up, aren't you a Yankees fan? Yeah. Yeah, I got twenty. Yeah, I got twenty-seven titles. You get tired of seeing somebody win a championship. But we didn't win every year. We didn't win every single year. We had two years back to back. Then we might take a year off and win two years. Okay. It's not like we won 27 in a row. It gets old. Oh, just to update, because I'm watching the game. Tampa Bay is 4 nothing, um, in the bottom of the fourth inning. Just want to get you updated. Who, who are they playing? They're playing the Yankees. Of course, of course, you will bring. Right, up. I just want to give you an update because we're on I the just, subject. Why would I? Why would I just bring up the score out of the blue? Because we started talking about the Yankees. Because we got gobstopped the other night by uh, uh, by Baltimore. We got gobstopped. Forget getting curved. Oh, yeah, we got gobstopped. Yeah, Baltimore scored like seven in the first inning before they got the first out. I didn't want to bring that up. See, I, I was not even bring it up. I was being nice to you. Um, it's trauma, man. What, what do you want me to do? I'm sorry. Shit, I'm hurt. <laughs> but if you you look at Carmelo's another one. Before mm. it was Tim Duncan. When Carmelo was coming down to he was winding down in the twilight of his career. Everybody knew off break. Carmelo's the greatest power forward of all time. I've heard many people say it. Many people agree with me. Tim Duncan surpassed him, but Carl Malone made, moved down to number two. What happened, not even post-career, what happened in the twilight of his career to start tarnishing his legacy? Carl Malone has two kids that he didn't take care of. Two twins, Cheryl and Daryl Ford. One played in the NFL, one, played, one became a WNBA legend. He has another child that he had by a 13-year-old when he was in college. You know, they, I, does this tarnish them? Were they wrong? Yes. Does it tarnish his legacy on the basketball court? It should not. It, if he didn't have these babies and raise these babies on the basketball court or not, or just ignore these kids while they were on the basketball court, I could see that. But what he does in his personal life you know, social media gives you a window into everybody's personal life now. At that time, we didn't have all that. And you got people talking about, well, he not even top five because of something that you don't even know the full story of. You don't know the full extent. Well, he's easily three for me. I got him at two. Who's who's your number two? Dirt? Nah. PG? Nah. Who? I can't say his name. He plays for the Spurs. He wears 21. He's your number two? He plays for Spurs. Who's your number one? He wears 21 also. Minnesota. You got KG. Oh, wow. Now, full disclosure, probably... 98.9999999999999% of that is personal. Because every time I say I can't, I won't say his name anymore. I don't want to ever hear you say nothing 
about me having John Stockton as number one or number two, depending on how my mood my given day at point guard. I don't want to ever hear you say nothing. What? You got Kevin Garnett over Timmy and the mailman. Yeah. KG, I mean, we, we, we act like KG's career was like some garbage. Like, oh, no, it wasn't. Nah, his only problem is he played with Wally Zerbiak. He couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand Wally it. Wally Zerbiak, the, disappear, the disappearing man, the invisible man, whatever you want to call him. When the playoffs show up, somebody calls out sick. Wally Zerbiak. Okay. Let me. You're getting in my narratives now. I, I got <laughs> Let me ask you this, and then we'll jump back because I had. Uh, uh, I know you got a different a difference of opinion, but as far as tarnished legacies, what's one thing that can tarnish a legacy? Indubitably, no, sh- without a shadow of a doubt, the legacy is all automatically tarnished. God, that's a great question, and I don't know how to answer because I want to answer it one way. So I'm gonna answer it a way. And you may be able to stay with me with this. I think it depends on your fandom when the moment happens. So, perfect example. I mean, so I have you. You always talk about my Eddie Jones, but as a fan, there's the moments. There are moments for me where I felt like he directly let us down. So that tarnished his legacy for me. And I think every fan has that moment. Like there's Wally Zerbiak's another one. Pager Stoyakovic in the playoffs. Oh, when they called that play for Pager, I'm in a bar. It's me and like 10 other Lakers fans. And when Pager gets the ball, I'm like, we win. We good. He shoots the air ball. We win. Boom. Story ended. But it's, it's, I think it comes to sometimes how we see the player through our lenses. That's how we determine how we view that player. When Kobe shot those two air balls in, in Utah, right? I called him every name on the sun, but it's God given. Because at that time, I wasn't the Kobe had. See, here's the thing: Kobe wasn't my guy then. So hey, that, so that playoff run in '99, I'm like, yo, this dude's special. And at first, he was always he was the McDonald's guy. He was the, I called him the anti Iverson. Like they built up this character. Of Kobe, of all this wholesomeness and two fam—I mean, two-parent family. Um, you know, he speaks seven languages or eight languages. Um, he was all good. You know, he was the cat's meow. You know, you know. Um, I never forget what's that? What's the? Um, I don't want to call him Johnny Rogers, but the Lakers radio guy or TV guy. Oh, radio guy was Chick Hearn. Who's the TV guy? You remember? No, not back then. One, one of whoever it was, one of them like interviews Kobe and talks about like how white his teeth are. Like when he's like 20 or whatever, because it's like when they start giving Kobe the opportunity to play. You know, I tell anybody the only Kobe stopper in the world is Dale Harris. That's true. Everybody thought it was Ruben Patterson. Yeah, see, the, those are narratives. But and that's how we get there. Like we get like there's probably some player that you don't like that I probably do like. And it's because in some game, whether you had money on it or whether you just 
just saw something, it changed your perspective on that player. You know what I'm saying? But now you talk about Kobe wasn't your guy when he shot the two air balls. You want to know something? You know when Kobe became my guy? But I respected him for taking those two air balls. Yeah. I was that's mad. But I but see, that's the other part. So that there in turns comes back to the Eddie Jones part of this. Why is the young buck taking the shots and not the guys that are on this team that are, are making all-stars? Where is my Nick Van Exel? Where is my Eddie Jones? So that became my narrative and part of the reason why I was ready for them to go. Mm. Now, Kobe was my guy. Kobe became my guy instantly before he got drafted. He was my guy when he took Brandy to the prom. Okay. I'm a big Brandy fan. Best friend by Brandy. If you want to see me just vibe out and just chill, play best friend. It's one of my favorite Brandy songs, other than uh, Full Moon, the Precision Mix with Fat Joe, the remix. This is the remix. But <laughs> you know what, Kobe, stop being my guy. Oh, gosh. When Blasphemous. Yeah, he stopped. He stopped being my guy. I say in two thousand one, when they when they played the six, they ran through the playoffs. They, nobody was beating them, and I was like, "Ah, you're a front runner. I can't like you anymore." And I had a love hate relationship, but secretly I I, I I I rooted for him, but he couldn't be my guy anymore because now you 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 ascended to the top of the mountain. So and so you was with him in two thousand when he gave you the push down and told Phil and them to chill. Against Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 okay. All right. All right. I, but it was when they rolled through the play, and I think that 2000, 2001, what, yeah, that was 2000, 2001. I think that team was one of the best Laker teams, probably one of the best teams of all time. I put them in the same breath with the 86 Celtics and the 96 Bulls. 96 Bulls nah, first. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's how good that team was. Nah, they, they wasn't that good. Shit. That team was fucking great. And I know you're being sarcastic. I, that, <laughs> that, team, that was a really, really good team. That was It was put together with right the right veteran leadership and all of that. Now, Kobe, of course, off the court, Kobe was always my guy. Especially when he did the remix uh, with Brian McKnight, the Hold Me remix. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I went out and bought the Anytime CD because I wanted that song. That's the song I wanted. That's that's another conversation. The Brian McKnight CD collection. Uh, I got plenty. Of that. I got every CD Brian McKnight has ever released. I'm waiting for him to sing the, the dang on Alphabet and the uh, the uh, telephone book, and I'll buy both of those too. It's, I'm just a big Brian McKnight fan. Always so, have. So, sorry. So so it's amazing how Tuesday night always becomes music night. But um, <laughs> so. Give me the list of his, because I know where I dropped off the Brian McKnight train uh, in terms of listening to his um, CDs, like him being a must-buy. I think it was, so Anytime was the third, or was Anytime fourth? Hold on. I, I got to remember. I, I'm old. I can't remember all of them. No, nah, you good, because I know you're the historian. That's the only reason I'm asking. Uh, It was... So I think back at third. Okay, then back at one is four. Yeah, back back at one was four. That's when I dropped. What? 
After back at one, I was like, eh. Uh, no, because after he's back. Not a, he's, not a, he's not a must buy. He's a I will buy, but he's not a must buy. So, like, no. there are certain CDs that, like, the day they come out, I got to buy it. Like, there's this. All right, so infamous story. Um, I used to work nights at, well, not nights, but when I was working at um, Enterprise, um, I was stationed in Dallas Airport. So we would leave somebody said 11, 11.30. So that would be my, because it was on a Monday night. So 11.30 Monday, you know what happens at 12? CDs drop. And if you get there, even if you get there a little early, sometimes they're like, oh, what you here for? And you'll get it. So if Music Soul Child, just listen. I think that was the second album at that time. Because yeah. it's got the it's got the record as the CD cover. So the, the CD, the actual CD, looks like a record. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was driving my Maxima. Boom. Throw the, throw the music right in. First song is, I forget what comes up, but it's like the first song. I was like, I took my keys out, put my keys in my pocket, walked right back in to, I think it was Sam Goody or whatever it was in um, Tyson's Corner. Said, I'll, I'll take one more of those. Because I got I had one for the car and one for the house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. One for the car, one for the house. Because no. it wasn't even, and that's how I am. Like, sometimes I'll get a CD, and I'll listen to that CD or that song, that, that set for, like, months and like nothing like something has to come in it's almost like a wwe fight or like king of the hill like something has to take that off the mountaintop i had a whole summer of j cole man a whole summer of that raheem devon um what's the second one with the lounge chair with woman um bob all that i can't i, I can look i can see it right now i, I see him sitting on the on the on the junk because i know the cd cover because mm-hmm. josh is a love woman my little, my kid, yo, he going to house eating some stuff, boy. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you this. See, Brian Knight got me with uh, One Last Cry. That song came out when I was in the sixth going to the seventh grade. So wasn't that, the, that wasn't, One Last Cry wasn't what he sung um, to Tisha Campbell during that Martin episode. No, he, he sung uh, Still in Love. Still in Love, that's what it was. And I watched Brian McKnight perform on an award show. And the first time I saw him, I was like, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> you talk about guy, that's my guy. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Flight. When music <laughs> is love and love is music. We are your DJs, the Midnight Rider and the big guy KG. We're going to talk music to you all night long. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> that's pretty much how I go. But Brian McKnight always releases either a song or a CD at the most random point. No, it's like the most opportune time. It's like gotcha. he releases a CD and it tells my feelings. Like anytime came out in 97. I didn't buy it until I think like 2000 because I, I went out, I bought back at one first and then I bought uh, anytime. Okay. You know, they were still releasing cuts off at any time by that time. Right. So I went and bought that. I bought Back at One. But Back at One, because of the song Back at One is what I was going through at the time. And I bought that. And I was like, okay, where are you going to go from here? 
then this motherfucker waits till 2001 and he drops superhero superhero had love of my life on it took me a minute to grow on it i was like that sounds like a print song but then it took me it took it a minute to grow on it and see, i understood see that's the problem i had like if it doesn't if that song doesn't grab that, that first listen if it ain't there i ain't coming back to it <laughs> and then, then this is how it happens because i forget what song it is but there's a song that like when i first heard it it was a note for me oh um Anthony Hamilton coming from where I'm from. What? Because I never caught it from the beginning. So this is this is how I always so I always would come in the house and the video be on. And this dude's in like the cabin. Um and like I I catch the middle, but I'm in the middle of doing stuff, so I never catch the whole song. So I was like, man, this dude crazy, man. This boy, that boy lunching. So then um, I happened to be in the car going to work and I caught the whole joint and that was like, yeah, this is the truth. We we going, we going, we going, we going to go, we going to go, go, go over here mm-hmm. that CD and make it happen. Well, I don't even know if it was, a, if I was buying CDs at the time, yeah, I was buying, I bought that joint. It's been, it's, it's been heavy, heavy rotation, heavy rotation, baby. See, Brian McKnight. When he dropped, uh, right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, because you're, a, you're you're such a connoisseur of even sports talk, but also music. So there's Eric Robeson that's done Superstar. Mm-hmm. There's the um, Anthony Hamilton version. Who does it better? Well, you also had a Ruben Stutter version as well. I, I, I was limited to those two because I wanted to be a head to head. But if you want to okay. throw Ruben in, I apologize for 2004. If if I if, if you talk about the song Superstar, yes. If I had to choose, I'm gonna choose Ruben. Okay. It's just he 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 put the flair on it, but I love it. No, I, no. that's that outside of Luther, and I'm a big Luther fan. As you can see, when we we we. <laughs> hey. Side note: The Midnight Rider made a post on Facebook about Luther. I took it personal. He had to call me and call the dogs off. Hey. I don't I don't play that. Yeah, he had Luther the shiny jacket with four of the dudes. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but Brian McKnight just straight bangers. What's my name? Yeah, you, you said like- it. What's my name? Yeah, right, so here's my so so see this is this is the writer in me, but my joint is um I know the lyrics. When Lucy and Linus uh what is it? When Lucy and Linus the ground how I think that is still in love, isn't it? No, I don't think so. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta find this, but go ahead, keep going, man. I don't know where we at at this point in the show. I don't know if we even yeah, still on topics at all. <laughs> but used to be my girl and find myself in you, like the used to be my girl, man. That uh, well, that was on that was uh on 10. What's my name? Find myself in you and used to be my girl. Used to always uh, uh, they were all on the um same CD. 
I couldn't stop, man. I was like, I listen to anything that Brian McKnight does. Like, I asked my wife, I was like, I really want to pay like fifteen thousand dollars to have Brian McKnight sing at our wedding. Like, I told her that. She was like, um, no. He can send a telegram, so, <laughs> but I, no. And don't get me started on Raheem Devon. No, we ain't, ain't going to start yeah. there. It's still in love. It is? Yeah. Because it's like, like how Snoopy never left the ground. Lucy and Lana's like, I don't know, played around, whatever. But I'm still in love. Yeah, yo, dog, dog. Lyrically, I love this joint. Like, I will sit down and, yeah. yeah and you were talking, the Raheem Devon album you talking about was uh, Love Behind the Melody. Yes, yes, love, but though I was all right, so here we go. Your boy gets into these moments where I just get in the wormholes with with artists, and um, I messed around and listened to so like my biggest song on the one album was um, Ridiculous, mm-hmm. but then I jumped, I don't know what I was listening, I just listened to the rest of that CD. Oh, Jesus Christ, baby. Lord have mercy. Woo, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. That's so good. Boy, that boy right. That boy can write. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it to you like this. You want a Raheem Devon joint that really, really go? You got to go. Welcome to Music Talk featuring the <laughs> big IKG. I'm the Midnight Rider. Music Talk Tuesdays at the end of the Tuesday night flight. I, I, I've talked about this song. Oh, is this the one with your wife? This is one of them. It's, we got many songs. No, the one that she comes out the room when you start talking about it. Oh, of course. Yeah, love you. Like forever. If the crime was loving you. There it is. <laughs> and it wouldn't even really matter if the sky was falling too. Don't run off on me now, woman. Like that song right there, I was, I was, uh, where was I at? I was riding somewhere and I was way off away from home. I had been away from home for a while. And that's, I played that song and I immediately called and I was like, yeah, I knew it was official before. I can't live without you. Yeah, it is, baby. I, I can't. I, I knew. Like when that song plays, I can't have her walk into a room because she doesn't walk into a room anymore. She floats into the room, but she floats when she walks anyway. She sad. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> fucking <laughs> but we talking about legacies. We didn't talk about daggone music, man. We didn't went all over the place. So um I'm, I gotta bring up. A personal favorite. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna go with her because that's gonna start a whole longer conversation. I'm gonna go with the one in between. Um, in the like Jill Scott. So what? You was great. Go with Jill Scott, wasn't you? Oh heck no! I can't. No. Okay. No. So it's like musically is Jill Scott just moving into the two spot is her because I can I can play her and just I can oh man. On request, hey, you want you need a poem? I got you, dog. What you need? I got you. Let me just throw on this herd. Let me throw on this focus. Mm-mm. Um, three, Amel LaRue. I give you that. 
I love me some Amel LaRue. Underrated. Underrated. Um, after that, it becomes jumbled up because I can take a little – I like a little Jasmine Sullivan because that drink, um, she got that one that just that just hit the heart hard, that in love with another man. Oh, that shit just – Whoa. Oh, talk about heartache. Like, you just – I felt bad for the dude. Like, <laughs> you, did you like that? No, nah, I'm, I'm going to put it in this way. That bitch ain't shit. That bitch ain't I got shit. Jill Scott. Uh-huh. But after Jill Scott. Oh, hold on. I'm tripping. Aaliyah. Who? Aaliyah. Oh, no, no. My two is, I forgot my number two. My real two is Erica Badu. Because she got three of the greatest. There's three songs that in her first three CDs that are, oh, my God. Green but Eyes, 20 Feet Tall. Green Eyes, 20 Feet Tall. If you don't know what those are, yeah. just, 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 just go ahead and do yourself a favor. Download it, burn the CD, record it on mm-hmm. the radio, whatever you want to do. Yeah, they got to get some play, baby. I think I finally got some energy because I'm delirious from work and I'm hungry. <laughs> I ain't going to keep you too much longer. No, no, dog. If we talking music, dog, I can stay. We can do a two hour show. We can set the record, bro. See, the thing is, I. Somebody online, I had to get offline because he was like, let's be honest. Only reason why y'all got Aaliyah up there in, 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 your, in your category, she couldn't sing. She was average at best. is because she died. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Time out. Time out. That, that's your take. You allowed to have your opinion. Don't get fucked up. You're violent. When it comes to Aaliyah, Jill Scott, and Luther Vandross, yes, I am very violent. Oh, good, brother. I am. But Aaliyah's last album, the Red album, the Aaliyah album, she has so much range on that album. If you've never listened to the lyrics of I Can Be, and I've listened to that album forward, backward, sideways, don't matter. Listen to the lyrics of I Can Be. Basically, she said, I can be the, the other woman in your life. What L- little cute Aaliyah talking about being the other woman? Like she, she but matured that, so much. There's that built under the caveat. Like so, the way Lay has a song where he's like, "I'm cheating on my girl with my girl." Yeah, but no, no, this this wasn't that. This was okay. under. This okay. is under the. Yeah, you got your girl, but I can be the other one. Okay. See, see, Dwayne was more under. Yeah, his girl was also his other girl because she had this other mode that she get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, see, if you, speaking of uh, Dwele, you got to listen to joint with um, Dim the Lights with him and Bruh. Raheem Devon. Bruh, I can I can walk into the room and not know what was playing, and if I hear if I hear the right chord, I'm like, oh, that's Dwele. Yeah. Like that's that's how much he like I don't know why I don't know what it is but yeah oh and, hold on I am yo Canada's finest I gotta give some love to Canada's finest jokers don't know but Glenn Lewis baby don't you forget it mm. if you've ever in the two <laughs> thousands been in my car listening to some R and B you know Glenn Lewis is coming on 
And my new favorite male, one of my new favorite male artists is PJ Morton. People don't give PJ Morton the love that PJ Morton deserves. PJ Morton will feed, feed your soul, and then he'll give you some, some soul music to dance to, and then he'll give you something to talk to your woman to. PJ Morton, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> See? Now she can walk down the hall. She if she walked down the hall, man. She'll tell you she's gonna float. She got the clouds underneath her. <laughs> I, look, I just got that look. I'ma say this, <laughs> then I'm gonna get up out of here. Uh if you got the Spotify, I got a playlist. Oh, I got one too. This particular playlist is 52 hours and 41 minutes long and counting. Right, I don't know about that. I don't know if I've I don't think I've selected that much music on it. So mine is called um I got one playlist called Black Socks and Sandals. Black Socks and Sandals. Okay. Yep. And it, it's exactly what you you know what it is. Cookout music. Get nah, get you some ripple, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 the stylistics, it's blue magic. It's if if it's an old group, they in there. Another, okay. Hold on, because this is my song this weekend. And, and then I'm going to let you go and do what you got to do. But it's a young man that kind of fell off the map. I think it happened after he got naked and did his song, How Does It Feel? But before then, he had this song by D'Angelo. It's called Shit Damn Motherfucker. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I know that's right. That's the collection plate to it. She know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Say amen, brother. We, we can do this Why? The both of you, butterball naked. Why? The both of you laying in my bed. What? Why? The both of you? Mm, man, that joint right there. Like the angel, that. So much. Say that again. Yes, yes. Why are y'all bleeding so much? Exactly. Woo. Well. I'll say this, this particular playlist, this, I got several playlists, but this particular playlist is called Midnight Magic. Okay. And Midnight Magic is spelled like me, M-A-J-I-C. Okay. So I got that. Then, you know, that's my. Give me the, give me the two headliners. Give me the headliners. Uh, It's a little Tina Marie on there. Yo. Um, hey. That's oh. a gangster. Tina Marie is, she's probably, how, do, how I know, I'll put it like this. I knew my sister was cleaning her house when I hear Tina Marie. Yeah. My niece listens to Tina Marie. And I'm like, damn, you just like your mama. Because she'll start <laughs> cooking and doing her, and Tina Marie on. I'd be like, yeah. Oh, yep. man. But Tina Marie, a bad, that's a bad, that's a bad. Yes. Yeah. And she got, she got your, what I like to call your after seven o'clock music. Mm -hmm. Music that'll get you through the day too. Square yes, B. Yes. Uh, Talk I about it. Yes, indeed. M O N E Y. Never did a well, thing. B I N. Yes, indeed. But you know, I'm a Rick James fan, so I'm, of course yeah. I'm gonna love me some Tina Marie. Mm. This playlist starts off. Moments in Love by the Art of Noise. That's the only way I can start this playlist off. Okay. Because if, if you're old enough and you remember, 
It was sex talk and slow James. Right, right. That's what they started off with every night at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's the that's the only way I can start my shit off. But you know, I got a little simply red on there, some enchantment, some cameo, some Atlantic stars, some Lenny Williams. Of course, I got Levert. I'm Yo, I had so Josh. I had to tell Josh like one of the greatest love songs of all time. If you ever got begged for your woman back, it's Lenny Williams. <laughs> I, I got this is. I made him listen to it. He listened to it on repeat for like the last ten minutes of the ride home. Like, yeah, dog, you gotta understand this. This pain right here, boy. <sighs> the, the the I was um. Matter of fact, Dwayne's mom, I was, me and her was home. I was at her house and I was flipping through the channels and Lenny Williams was on TV. She was walking by, she said, oh, wait, put it back. <laughs> and she sat, it was a live concert. She sat there, she watched that whole entire live concert. I couldn't say nothing. What could I say? Hey, Lenny, Not a thing I can say. Uh, but I got some Phyllis Hyman on there, some Miles J. Phyllis Hyman. That's another uh, you know what? That's just a gem that if, man, I don't know, man. It, like, like Phyllis Simon, I don't know if she's just a victim of her time, victim of her early, early death, but she definitely doesn't get the love that she deserves. Agreed. Of Maybe course, it's error. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I got some Gerald LaVert on there. Uh, of course, the OJs. See, I'm old school OJs. You know, you tell a woman straight up, I just can't understand it. Yeah, but it for me. Mm. What I see in you. Because mm, every time you talk of leaving me, I get so shook up. Don't know what to do. God damn it. You ain't never heard you got your hooks in me. Ain't nothing there for you. Let's wrap this thing up, man. Let me ask you this. This is Music Talk with the big guy KG and the Midnight Rider. Tuesday night flight <laughs> took a turn left and became Music Night Flight. Yeah, it just shown up dead. Yeah. Uh, in the opening, I talked about um. Yes, yes, yes. I saw the so I saw pieces open. Let's go, let's go. Uh, the petition for the name to be changed back to the Redskins. While we in the wrap up segment, your thoughts on that? Um, I feel like this is, this is very tone deaf. Like you're trying to bring back something that shouldn't be brought back. Uh, I understand the love for the name Redskins. I, I love Redskins. I, dog, I, I, we, we bled, ate sweat, turned away invitations to things because of the Redskins. Like the Redskins, like I literally knew I was going to break up with this girl because, she wanted to have a let's talk moment during what was that 2005, the last game of the season against Philadelphia. Like right before the game started, she was like, Oh, let's talk. I'm like, what are we talking about? The Redskins about to come on. I don't care about that. What's more important? Uh, the Redskins. You ain't say that. Yeah, it's the Redskins, boo. Sorry. But yeah, so um, but I think like the name has ran its course. And you gotta you, you gotta have some semblance respect. And the thing that I'm disappointed in 
is like people keep saying, oh, they keep trying to dictate the narrative. Um, oh, we know these um, Native Americans that aren't offended by it. But what about the ones that are? Like, we, we gotta, you gotta, like, there's gotta be some pulse of, and this is how I know part of the problem, for real, is a Native American dollar doesn't mean shit to the U.S. economy. Because they could have shut, if they had any kind of impact, any kind of unity to make that an impact on the American economy, these names would have disappeared a long time ago. But because they don't, you're allowed to flirt with them as long as you can until somebody actually gets too offended and they make you make they force your hand to make a change. Hmm. So so what I feel like is I feel like there's 20,000, 25,000 people that setting themselves up for disappointment because it just can't go back. It shouldn't go back to that name. Like you have to have some respect to the people. Um, I mean, shoot, the Indians. Indians isn't even a the derogatory term, but they changed that. Mm-hmm. So, so right. So even without the specter of uh, of racial slur or overtones, the Indians changed their name because they just wanted to move away from it. See, what I feel like, and I'm gonna say it this way because this is how it sounds to me is there's a group uh, there's there's fans that are so entitled and feel so like they feel like disrespected because they had to change the name that they're carrying out this 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 mission of trying to keep the name or get the name back and they're just being ignorant to the feelings of others and like like some people say like sometimes if one a word is offensive to somebody then it's offensive so let's let's stop trying to count the thirteen thousand Indians that you do know, or that you talk to, because you can get to them. Like, what about the others? What about other people? Like, this word is too. It's just it's just something we sh- we should be at a point in time now, where we should be able to walk away from this word, um, like in our lexicon. We should just go ahead and change our nomenclature to, to something that is more respectable. And the only reason commanders really feel flat. A was a presentation, but B, it's because it wasn't Redskins. And no matter what name you chose, I don't, I don't even think if Red Woods was chosen that it would have been met with with open arms. I, I truly don't. I don't. I truly do not think, like I think Red Wolves would have had its fans, but there still would have been the large majority of the people that still want to refer to this team as the Redskins those 20,000 people that signed that petition are also the same 20,000 people that don't want to stop calling this team the Redskins. They want to call this team Redskins, 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 and nothing else. And I think the football team is a god awful name um, because I want to. I need a. I need a now. A pro, uh, now talking about something. I don't care what it is. And and it's the Commanders. Is it? Does it ring? No. But it's new. I think I'm not bad at it. I mean, I just won the name. So, so if they, so they go eleven and in, in five or eleven and six because of seventeen games. Do you think we're gonna have? The, are we gonna be talking about the name Commanders, or are everybody going? Let me see. What's that thing they do? I think it's a thing where you put your, hold on, you put your left hand up. 
And it says, who are we? Commanders. Commanders. Like, yeah. Like, I think, I mean, I think people got to give it time and let it grow. Like, you can't, like, a plant doesn't go in the ground and become a long stem rose the next day. Like, you got to let it grow. You got to water it, let it, let it marinate. And I think that's part of what this name needs to do. And I'm not a big proponent of Josh and them change the thing. I mean, and, I, and like I said before, I think the name changes at one point in time and one point in time only. It's you unveil a new stadium, you open those doors, and when you go in those doors of that new stadium, like before that even happens, it's it's all right. It's I don't know. It's weeks before the season starts, or or probably you gotta do it earlier than that. So before the draft, like in in March or or, or February, there's a video, and I'm talking about there's the sun, there's that desert that I was talking about. There's these cars coming up over the desert. You know what I'm saying? All you see is like burgundy and gold, burgundy and gold, burgundy and gold. You know what I'm saying? And it's like heading over the horizon. No, we've, we've, oh, God, here we go. We've been in the darkness for far too long after this night of era. Now we open up on horizon to something new. Bridging out, giving, giving hope to lost hope. Giving balance to the world again. Making our team DC's team again. Here we are, your new team, the Washington, whatever's. And like you get these those 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 choppers coming through, and boom, it's almost like if you redid the Rock's WrestleMania entrance at that WrestleMania, where he was like um, Hollywood, kind of like something like that. I would do something like that, and then just drop the team name out off of that. I like that. I like that. And you get this crescendo, and then all of a sudden the screen goes black. And then almost like a um Shinsuke Nakamura with his music goes that 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 and when that brand comes up, you just bring up the team name, and then all of a sudden it's like three players in the New Jerseys. Unveil everything all at once. No, do no, it right then and there. Don't even talk about it. I there, there's zero there's zero discussion. There may be focus groups in the background. Like we're thinking about it. We don't know for sure. But never give in to saying that's what we're doing. And just just drop the rebrand in our laps. And if you do it like that, I promise you, it's going it's going to land. All right, quickly. Uh, Mark Jackson released by ESPN. Good move or bad move? Honestly, honestly, I mean, it's 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 six in one hand, half dozen in the other. I mean, I think sometimes you have to. That booth, I think, was together for twelve to fifteen years, maybe longer. No, because Mark Jackson was just coaching. He was just coaching Golden State not too long ago. There's there's about ten years with that booth. I think two years. I think it's been 10 years. So 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 for me, I think sometimes it's good to change the voices up. Um, so I'm okay with Mark. Like if he stays with them, he goes down to the he gets the the middle of the day um the game. Like so you know how it goes. Christmas Day, there's the 12, like the Knicks against somebody. The three is normally like um 
maybe the Lakers against somebody because you want to see that game, or the Clippers against somebody. That game right there, the three o'clock on Christmas, is now the Mark Jackson game. Like Mark Jackson's the middle guy. He he's bringing you, he's bridging the gap between the early game and the main event. I, I take that back. I take that back. Because right after he retired in 2004, uh, he was he was working for ESPN alongside Brain and, and Gundy. Then in 2011, he took off three years, 11, 12, well, four years, 11, 12, 13, 14, to go coach the Golden State Warriors. Then he came back. Yeah, so so they had a, a – About 15 years. Yeah, they had a 15 and 16-year run. So like, at a certain point – you know, I mean, especially with what ESPN's got going on, I, it makes sense. I mean, there's certain people that they're going to stick in their jobs, the Lee Corsos, you know, like certain stalwarts or certain stalwarts of certain shows. Um, but even now, Lee Corso has a very limited role on um, the, the the college game day. So, and I mean, really, he's really there because of the, the, the head, head gear. Yeah, the head gear. Yeah. And what's crazy is I know Lee Corso's getting old, just like I know Dickie V is getting old. And I, I say Dickie V get well soon. You, you got to start going younger and moving on from some of the older guys so they can. But but it's also, we got to give, I mean, and, and I love, and I know for you, you're the historian. You're the guy that, um, like, if you couldn't change certain things, like you wouldn't change certain things in this world, um, and I I know this booth meant a lot to you, but I think of it as you got to give the next because we're actually in the midst of transitioning generations of basketball teams or players, I should say. So we're starting to lose our Chris Pauls, Carmelo Anthony's, LeBron James, those guys, and that that was the story of a certain legacy. And I think that Breen. Mark Jackson and um, Van Gundy told the story of that generation. Now we're starting a new generation, and I think we need to get whoever the next part or the next people are. Now, Breen's probably going to stay around because Breen is Breen, and you can't just take out the play-by-play person. But you can always change the dynamics around them. And I think that's what it is. got to give the next generation their voice. Mm. That's true. That's true. I ain't gotta like it, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's just, but it's it just, it's just one of those things. I mean, think about it. We grew up with Musburger, um, Irv Cross. You know, that was our, our our morning show on Sunday. You know, then it became um, JB and those guys on Fox. And then, depending on your choice, it became either the ESPN version. Or the NFL Network. Me personally, I'm an NFL Network morning show guy. So I love Mooch. I love um, Michael Irvin. I love, you know, that whole group. I'm a Fox guy. Yeah. See, I I, I can't. Fox got 800 dudes sitting on one stage. I I just can't do it. I'm done. But that's because I, I, I enjoy Terry Bradshaw. I enjoy Jimmy Johnson and Howie. I, I've been watching them for years. And right. don't get me wrong. I got nothing wrong with CBS. I just prefer Fox. I've always been a Fox person anyway. Because that's where Madden was. Anywhere Madden was, that's where I was. So I'm, I prefer 
NFL Network. Also because it's was it the, the the tunnel? I love that joint right before the game start. That's my what? That's my height. Mm. Going to Indianapolis and they are coming out of the tunnel. Sorry. <laughs> well, we'd have been all around the mulberry bush and everything else in between. Uh, we talked about. Washington's potential name change and the petition. We talked about Mark Jackson uh, being released. We talked about legacies. Then we talked heavily about music. So, uh, hopefully, if we you can't find something that you'd like in this show tonight, you got problems. I, you need to go I, ahead and call Jesus, say some prayers, do some Hail Marys or something, because something wrong with your soul. You need to get right with life and, and the Lord. I, I think we need to call this the buffet. That's there the, it is. The Tuesday night flight buffet. The this Golden was, Corral of the Tuesday night flight. Because <laughs> we talked about a little bit of everything. Put a little yeah. bit on your plate. Get you a little something. But that's how we did it. So that guy, oh, wrong side. That wrong guy side. is the Midnight Rider. I'm the big guy, KG. Y'all know what we do, man. We ain't doing no overtime. We going home. It's time for him to eat, and I'm ready to eat too. We don't do no overtime, y'all. We are out of here.